On this episode of Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered, we talk about dynamic video remarketing and parasocial relationships. I keep thinking ghosts for a minute there. Uh, we had an incredible conversation with one of the top marketing gurus in residential real estate. He works with so many top real estate teams across the US. Tune in, it's gonna be amazing. You talk about it privately, we talk about it publicly. This is the Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered Podcast. Welcome again to the Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered Podcast. I'm your host, James Dwiggins, along with my co-host, Crazy Uncle Keith, aka Keith Robinson. I'm going to go with that from <laughs> yes. now on. Yeah, just just lead with it. It's, it's fine. Going to leave it. It's going to do that. So, Keith. Yes, sir. Tell us. Tell us about Grant Wise. So, really Grant good Wise. One. Jesus. It was it was great. We covered a ton of ground. Uh, he shared his personal story, uh, some things that he went through that I find motivational and inspirational that I think great. everyone will enjoy. We talked about the biggest problem with online leads, such topics as dynamic video remarketing, parasocial relationships, and a couple <laughs> books that we'd recommend you read. I mean, this conversation went all it over was the place. Wild. It was great. In the best possible way. Put it yeah. in your ears, kids. You are going to dig it. Grant, welcome to the show. We are super excited to have you here. Uh, I, you know, we. Uh, I love the promo, by the way, on your shirt. I just noticed it's really, really good. The the logo see. right there. That's, oh, there it yeah. is. The branding yeah. being Reprise. done. There it is. There it should is. Be a, should be a marketing coach or something. So, <laughs> so Grant, uh, you are good lead in, Keith. Uh, a marketing coach, consultant, <laughs> and uh, founder of Whitley, uh, which mm -hmm. is badass. We'll talk about that in a few seconds or so. But why don't we start with just give us your background, what you've been doing in this business for a while. I know a lot of listeners and viewers will probably know who you are, but uh, you know, give the background and how you got to where you are today and this new role and all these other things you're working on. So, mm, I've been in the mm -hmm. industry now for about a decade. Um, I got started teaching. So primarily when I got into the business, um, after like a number of other failures at the ripe old age of 23, <laughs> <laughs> I ended up bankrupt, which cool stories before that, uh, yeah. but 23 bankrupt, no money. I just had a, a skill set. I'm like, well, I good at marketing. So let's, let's, let's try to see if I can't teach realtors how to do some marketing. And I put out a Facebook ad of my own and I met this woman who booked time to meet with me and sold her this thousand dollar course on how to grow her business using Facebook ads. Did the course exist at the time? The course only week one of the course existed. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Go fast, break stuff. I like yes. it. I, love I was it. like, I gotta have at least something for them whenever they start. So then like yeah. week two, I was like, oh yeah, I gotta finish that course. Right. But what was really cool is she went on to sell 48 houses the first year that we worked together with just from this Facebook ad that I taught her how to run. And I had, you know, second agent, third agent, fourth agent. I think this is back in 2014, 15. And I go from bankrupt to like, mm. all right, I got a little bit of money now. I, I'd done well that year and got around the right masterminds and mentors and built a legitimate course that took <laughs> that was done and like was ready to go and in 2015 launched it with the sales team and we just took off i mean we we went from basically bankrupt to six figures to two million dollars to four million dollars all in the span of like a couple of years and really nice 
that launched me into the industry because we were spending a ton of money on advertising ourselves mm. to generate you know that type of traction and it was just teaching agents how to have success with facebook ads and then facebook ads got harder uh yeah. stopped working as well uh you know there were, there were quite a few caveats that, that kind of came up there and i started asking myself like mm. is there, truly there's a way that we could just do this stuff for people so they don't have to spend all of this time learning how to do facebook ads sure. i didn't want to start a marketing agency because that's a lot of work like you need a ton of staff you need yeah. you need yeah. you need it's so much overhead it's what i call right. like a heavy business model you need a ton of yeah. stuff to make that support mm. And somebody introduced me to this concept of SaaS, like a SaaS, a software as a service. It's like, oh, we could build a software that could do this work for people. That sounds interesting. We could mm -hmm. have the service that a marketing agency provides, but without all the staff. It's like, that sounds really appealing. And so that's where the idea for Whitley came about was we wanted to build a platform that would just <clears> do all of the advertising work for people. And that's what we did. So we started building Whitley in 2017. We released it to our students, had a ton of early success and then have been building the platform ever since. Um, I've been able to help thousands of realtors at this point sell billions of dollars of real estate all over the world. And I've gotten to travel and speak in all the stages. I get land in a podcast room with you guys. And I, I've, had a, <laughs> I've had a lot of fun ever since. Today, I get to act as a consultant for a coach consultant for some of the largest real estate teams that there are. And uh, I have a lot of fun. Shout out, by the way, to Gary. So Gary Ashton. Our boy Shout Gary Ashton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah Get yeah. to work with Gary. I know he's listening because uh, he listens to all, this, all the stuff we're doing. So Well, shout out, um, Gary. What's up, GA? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, that that's the story. I mean, that's that's the short version. There's a lot of, you know, struggle, strife. There's success, there's failure, there's all kinds of, you know, fun stuff packed up inside of that. But that's that's how I got here. Well, we'll give I know Keith's got questions I can see it on his face. You just reminded mm -hmm. me of something that we did this pod with uh Melissa Kwan. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, Keith. And it so reminds you just totally reminded me of her in that she was trying to get traction with people. And there's a very in the in the prop tech sphere, there's a very famous meal that happens called the Zillow dinner. And she went out <laughs> Are you familiar with this? Where she no. went out and okay, so she went out and, and invited all these big players in the industry to a dinner with Spencer Raskoff from Zillow, but yeah. Spencer didn't know the dinner was happening. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. So like yeah. literally she like bet it all that she was gonna get Spencer to show up and invited all these people and all these people were gonna come and then she reached out to Spencer and didn't she wasn't sure he was gonna say yes and he said yes, but like she completely bet the whole damn thing that yeah. He was going to awesome. be there and she never even invited the guy yet. Well, and so. once he said yes, <laughs> then it became the, by the way, Spencer's coming to dinner. Would you like to come too? Uh -huh. And that's yeah, how yeah, she yeah, filled yeah, the table. Yeah. Yeah, that's great awesome. Story. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, yeah, pretty, look, sometimes you got to shoot a shot. Yeah. Right? Shoot it. You just, like, yeah. Moonshot. That's, that's, that's yeah. right. That's there right. You go. I mean, you, you're never going to, you're never going to get a yes unless you get some nose along the way. So, all that's right, let's fact. do this real fast because I'm, Curious to hear your answers uh, on a lot of different uh, subjects today, but we'll do our rapid fire real quick. So, all right, superhero. Mm -hmm. If you uh, were a superhero, who would it be and why? Iron Man. Okay. okay. Solid. Solid. Question. Because he's a billionaire? Like, I, I grew up really because... poor. Like yeah. I grew up in poverty, so like my bedroom was a garage. I slept on a couch for most of my childhood. So I grew up dreaming of that life like cars Bugattis and, and supermodels and yeah, whatnot. yeah yeah um and then so when i actually like finally watched iron man i was like i'm gonna be yeah. Star. 
that's solid. <laughs> solid. Solid. That's probably solid. that's one of our most common answers. Not that yeah. that's a bad it's thing. Not surprising. For, for all the same reasons, right? You get. I have a really powerful. cool uh, Iron Man helmet that I put on sometimes. I walked uh, into a it. Starbucks prove it. Uh, during prove COVID. It. Yeah. I would if I did, if I couldn't like, get up and go. <laughs> I walked right. into Star- I, when the mask mandates existed. I walked into it walked into Starbucks one time with my Iron Man mask on. Gangster. Yes. It was not a, a well received joke by the staff, but it no. was. Uh, it was definitely no. fun standing there waiting for coffee with that helmet. Yes. On. Yes. All right. All right. We'll, we'll get a photo for the post marketing. All right. Uh, favorite book or podcast this year and why this year i looked at this and oh, i was like whatever like it I, just one one that's whatever you. yeah yeah mm-hmm. one you'd recommend to the millions listening it could be a book or podcast like what it, what are you interested in right now what's something that you're like this is awesome you know marketing advertising sales is my thing and i think there's man there's a few books that come up for me one of the okay, books that made a big impact. It's called Breakthrough Advertising. It's written by Eugene Schwartz. It's about mm. a $500 book on advertising. And I think that taught me the core, like what's at the core of advertising? What do we leverage in marketing, advertising, and sales that actually moves the needle and makes an impact? Which is why companies like Zillow have so much success and why mm. agents don't. And mm. that understanding, those distinctions, gave me a ton of understanding of how to like, go into an industry and have a huge impact. Marketing and advertising sales and real estate is really simple if you understand like human nature. So mm. I think anything like that is something that really I can geek out on. That nice. was one of my favorite books. It's a what good was the book. author again? What was the author? Uh, Eugene Schwartz. Money. All right. Cool. We'll put that. We'll make sure we share that because we always want to hear what people are, are, are reading or, or listening to. And and we've had lots of He's feedback. We're like, oh, he is yeah. he is not embellishing. That is a four hundred dollar book, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he said that, I was like, yeah. all right. Uh, yeah. What makes it a four hundred dollar book versus the Alex Hermosi forty nine dollar book? What? Yeah. Why is it so much better? Uh, I've it's only read hundred million. Well, hundred million dollar offers was phenomenal. I haven't it's read hundred million dollar leads yet. Hundred million dollar yeah. offers was really good too. But that was that book for me was a reminder. It wasn't really yeah, something yeah. that I didn't know a lot of. A playbook, was, like it yeah. wasn't the playbook. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Last right. one. Yep. Go for it. All right. Uh, if you could have lunch with one person, current or historical, who would it be and why? I got to go right now with Tony Robbins. I thought about that coming into the <laughs> show. All Tony right. made a huge impact on me when I was going through this part of entrepreneurship. Uh-huh. And yeah. uh, I've worked with the Tony Robbins coach for quite some time and I have other coaches and mentors. But if I could sit down with one person right now, it'd probably be TR and yeah, just let him good. bear hug me like a child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, emotionally and physically, right? No one said him, so you got the yeah. first on that. That's a first for the pod. Really? So, yeah. It's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I've had good some one. friends that have done uh, that, that have done that. My brother's gone to Tony Robbins and did the Firewalk mm-hmm. and all the stuff, and um, I, I've never done it yet. I have, it's on my my list of things to do. So. Funny enough, I haven't done it yet either, but I probably should. He's he's definitely one of my favorite characters in life. I've right done now. it. It's, I've done it. It, it like, like anything else, you get what you put into it, right? Yeah. And yeah. and the foundational concepts, I think, are really solid. So worth worth the time yeah. and investment for sure. James, before we go to the questions, I have, if it's all right, I'm going to derail yeah. us out of yeah. the gate. Do it. So I uh, not to uh, pick at bankruptcy stories because those aren't pleasurable stories to retell, but I love Phoenix rising from the ashes stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's probably a fair number of people listening who maybe aren't in bankruptcy, but feel like it because they've been in real estate for the last 24 months. What mindset did it take 
for you if you can go back to that time and really kind of anchor into the feelings that you had and the act and maybe some of the actions that you took or you know like it's probably more than affirmations on a mirror right so what did you do in that moment of your life to try to get back man that's a lot to unpack yeah, that's okay um, so we got a pod for- <laughs> so the, the the going back pre bankruptcy, I started yeah. in business at nineteen. Okay, I was growing up. I always wanted to be a professional athlete because okay. I'm like, I'm poor. Those guys make a ton of money. I'm really good at sports. Like, and I was actually on the trajectory. I was really good. Mm. I was a really talented baseball player. I wanted to play the game, but I ended up having two elbow surgeries and a facial mm. reconstruction in 2008. Ouch. And I was like, I think I'm done. <laughs> like, I don't think, I think I'm, I'm good. You're like, I think I'm good. I'm 18 okay. years into this. Like, ah, this isn't going well. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna just go back. And I didn't. The job thing never made sense to me. I'm mm. like, I don't know why. Why do people go work for like go to a job? It just never like the concept never clicked. I, and I was sure. horrible with authority, so that might have had something to do with it. <laughs> um. <laughs> so I'm 19. Perhaps. I drop out of college because my elbow's done. I'm you know, I go home and my parents are like, you never amount to anything. You don't go to college. I'm like, I think this is a huge mistake. I suck mm. at school. Like I figured out <laughs> in high school how to skip every single day and not like surpass the 10 day. Like I was, <laughs> my and man. Places. Yeah. We yeah. Can talk I, passed, I passed, um, like, I think it was English with a 59.6. They had to pass me cause they had to round up like no business Solid. being in a classroom. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I'll, I'll go into business. My entire family had been in real estate or development in some capacity. My dad owned a little gutter installation company at the time. I was like, well, let me do this. He had just fallen off a ladder. Mm. And I'm like, well, let me step in. I'll take over. And then I was like, could I buy this from you? And that's what happened. I bought the business, played golf five days a week and would work on the weekends. And that was like, I was probably living the life if I like yeah. go back to yeah. it. Yeah. And uh I think it was like, I don't know, man, that's, there's this thing when you grow up and you always like dream of your life being more, and then you get Mm. to a place where it wasn't, it sucks a lot, started drinking a lot. Mm. Uh, I started making a lot of really bad decisions. So Mm -hmm. sometime around like winter where I like couldn't play golf every day, I was like, well, let me, I got to do something else. So I started a roofing company Mm. alongside the gutter installation company. And then two months later it hailed everywhere in my like city it's like yeah. that's god yes. like let's go <laughs> new, new roof 30 for the whole city yeah, yeah. i roofed yeah. 111 houses <laughs> and made a ton of money at least that's what i thought but mm-hmm. what it really did is it gave this like young dumb kid a ton of money to go make a bunch of mistakes and that's exactly yeah. what happened i spent way too mm-hmm. much money in the bar I made a ton of bad financial decisions and I thought that maybe starting more companies was the answer. So I started this company and that company and Mm. I think I was 21, I actually started a real estate company. Somebody came to me like, we're going to start a real estate brokerage. We'll pay our agents hundred percent commission and we'll crush. I'm like, yeah, agents want to make more money, right? Let's do this. (laughs) And it ended up being, um, I I learned a lot about what agents want and what agents don't want Mm. from the ages of 21 to 23. So my job in the real estate organization was to travel around the country, recruit uh, executive brokers, and then help them recruit agents to the office. Problem I learned after the fact was that 100% brokers just don't make money. You need so much volume. And they actually make most of their (laughs) money in ancillary services. So I'm like, we never even thought about doing anything like that. So 
the people that we brought in to help fund the real estate company came to me because my construction companies were all going under. Mm. They're like, we think you're the reason that this isn't growing and we want you to leave. I'm like, this is my company. Uh, like my name's it, on the front of the door. I own most yeah. of it. What do you mean you guys leave? I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> right. I've dedicated my whole identity to this thing. Like I don't want to give it up. But they were like, we think you should leave. And I was like, hmm. Hmm. like, all right. So I signed over the company with some clauses for them to like get my name off of it and do that stuff. And that's that that brings us to crap, what am I gonna do with my life? I've just dedicated right. all of it to this, ended up like going bankrupt and all the other things. And that's where like, okay, I wonder if I could just teach realtors to do what I've been trying to teach these people at the brokerage to do. Nobody would listen to me because I was yeah the youngest guy in the brokerage by three times my age in like five different states. So everybody liked the idea of what we were selling them, but they didn't like me teaching mm. them, trying to teach them what to do. And so, I mean, after bankruptcy, I, I met my wife, my now wife and stepdaughter through that period. And I think those were like catalysts for me mm. to anchor be like, points. I'm grounding. Real anchor points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, you can do better than this. Like yeah. you're mm-hmm. being an asshat, like, <laughs> You've ruined all of your relationships. First time that word's been used on the pod. It, Appreciate it. it. Check a box. Yeah. Maybe yeah. make that our first t-shirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're being an asset. Well, it's good that you recognize it though. It's like you've got to change. You've got to stop doing this stuff. And I had committed to turning my life around. I had some other people that got, got a hold of me and I got rooted in like when you got nothing, like mm. you find a lot. <clears throat> and I found a lot in myself, got grounded in faith, uh, got surrounded by great people that start pouring into me. I started putting myself back out there, which was really hard because everybody was like, dude, you're an idiot. These videos you make suck. You're terrible at business. And so you have to just drown out so much noise and like wake up and just, I'm going to take it a step at a time. I'm going to do it again today. I'm going to do it again today. And then I woke up two to three years later and I rebuilt myself and I'd rebuilt my companies. And it was, uh, it was an experience that I've very mixed feelings about, but I'm grateful I, I went through well, it and learned what I learned. Yeah, you 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 earned an education. You just didn't go to college to get it, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. My education pain, a lot. Pain but. is pain is an effective teacher. <laughs> For me, like yeah. I don't know what it is the about most, the way that right? I was raised, but my whole family is that way. Like we always learn lessons the hard way, and then yeah. I've gotten to myself at a point now where I'm. I'm grateful I don't have to have so much pain to uh, to learn the lesson, but yeah, uh, yeah. But there's some, but there's some point to. Uh, first of all, thank you for being vulnerable yeah. and sharing all of that genuinely. Um, it's awesome. And sometimes you actually have to find bottom to know where it is and understand yep. it, and never want that again. Mm-hmm. I genuinely think that's. I, I can only say I've been blessed with some of those experiences in my life too, um, mm-hmm. where you've hit bottom. Like yep. holy shit, I'm really there, and. Mm-hmm. You go, you know what? Like, I am never going to want to feel that pain again. And I think it's one of the reasons why a lot of people are successful is they they found it and they're like, okay, I know what that feels like. And yep. I know I don't ever want to do that again. So I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get to the end. And I always say that to people, the only way, every successful person I've ever met, they're really good at ignoring everybody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just don't give a shit what your feelings are. Like you can tell me all the reasons yeah. why my shit won't work. And every time you tell me that I'm just going to work harder to make it actually succeed. So yep. 
I mean, I'm yeah, not sure it's apply for everybody, but they you know. care, but they just do. They keep moving forward. Just keep anyway. moving forward. Yeah, right? yeah, I, can, I, I care a lot because I had yeah, some people say yeah. hurtful stuff, but these weren't even like it's the people outside that say stuff that you're like, whatever. But it's whatever. These, it was people in my inner circle sure, saying, sure, you need to get a job. You need to do this. And that's what's really hard for people to ignore. Like, I'm sure yeah, if somebody's right. listening to this right now, especially in real estate. There's somebody saying like, just give it up. Some, you know, a yeah. hundred thousand realtors have left. You have this lawsuit, you have Zillow, you have, the, there's a lot of noise and yeah, you've got sure. to really dig within yourself to find something to say, I'm going to get up tomorrow. I'm going to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the industry, <laughs> the industry is at peak distraction right now. <laughs> like there's so much and it's uh -huh. actually the, the worst time because rates are down. There's pent up demand. Buyers are coming back into the marketplace. Sellers are finally getting comfortable with where we are in time and space. Yeah. So we have a, mo this is the beginning of getting better, right? Personally, I think we bottomed and we're coming out the other side. It's not going to feel great, but we're getting close. And at that moment is when our industry is at peak distraction, right? There, mm -hmm. There's all of the headlines and it's just pulling people's focus away from the wrong things. All right. Well, I derailed us, but thank you. No, for it's awesome to yeah. do that. I, I think it's great to hear. I, it, you, you, I, when you said that in the beginning, I was like, we should really touch on that. So thank yeah. you for doing that, Keith. Um, yeah. So I want to, we usually don't product pitch and I, I, and I'm, I'm not, I don't want you to, but I do think what you're doing at Whitley is very interesting. And Keith and I have both seen it and I think it's really clever and it's going to lead us into a deeper conversation about lead gen. And since you're obviously very successful at that and understanding how a lot of this works, just give us like, does everybody explain what you've crafted in this concept with Whitley and how this, this model works for helping on helping the agent pay for some of this stuff. And then I want to dive into deep, a lot of other questions on lead gen. So quick 30 second, like what did you do that's really clever and unique right now in the space with that? Yeah, we invented something called lead sharing. Realtors generate leads by the like millions annually. Yeah. That's going to be But a, a lot of times they make those investments <laughs> that don't pay off for months or even years. I believe it's a fundamental flaw in the real estate agent's business model. And so we started asking ourselves like, if what if we could put that money like back into their bank account because if I go sell these AirPods, I get paid today. If a realtor sells a, a house, they get paid for like 90 days in, in a lot of cases. Yeah. Mm. So if if I spend, if an agent spends $1,000 a month, that means they go negative maybe all the way to like negative 9,000, negative 12,000 before they get a commission check, finally get a right. return, they can refill. Right. What if we could put that money back in their banking out the same month they spent it so that they mm. could accelerate mm. their growth? They could buy more leads. They can invest in better systems and processes. They're going to hire the right people, all things that they're restricted by right now. And so the idea for lead share came about. It's like we could take the lead and we could resell that lead to ancillary services, contractors, solar companies, home security companies, moving companies, pest control, all industries that need leads that are also homeowners. So it's a perfect fit. Right. And it's working. Like yeah. we're, we're taking the leads the agents are generating, we're reselling them to the ancillary services, and then we rev share back with the agent. And that's offsetting the agent's advertising expenses. Therefore, it's zeroing out their cost to get a customer, giving them this opportunity to unlock unlimited growth potential. First of all, really smart. Like yeah. just Agreed. like kudos what, on you if, for coming up. People have talked around this, but like no one's cracked the code just well, yet and, and usually it's long tail not before so well when people have talked about it they've done it not 
you're doing it through the lens of solving a problem for the real estate professional. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because average time, last time I researched it, uh, average time from someone fills out an online lead form until they transact is roughly 18 months. Right. And that, that means there's some that are three years and some that are three months. Right. Right. So most agents don't have the patience. Most humans don't have the patience to write checks for 18 months before they get a result. So you aren't approaching this as a quote unquote lead reseller. You're approaching this as a solution for a real estate professional for a core problem that they have, which yeah. I think is the brilliance of what you're doing. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. No, I appreciate yeah. it. So, all right. There's, we allowed that. We usually don't, but I think it's so relevant. People needed to hear for it. Context, it's really clever. Yeah. And, and of for course, context. if people want to check you out, they can do that in our, in our pod. Um, so what I would love to do, since you are a marketing coach and consultant, uh, I'm going to take that it's very efficient, but very, like you understand what the hell you're doing. So let's talk about some really, some conversations I think that are relevant. So in lead gen space, there's 4 million units actually seasonally adjusted. Like we're at 3.7 something right now, which is awful. Uh, but there's like, I don't even, how many leads are generated every year? I want to say it's like 200 million between Zillow and Co Do you know the number? I'm just curious. The last statistic that I looked into, <laughs> and then I just stopped paying attention to it because <laughs> oh, that was boy. a laughable joke, was in 2019, there were 86 million leads generated and roughly 6 million homes sold, which yeah. means the average lead is shared with nine realtors. Okay. Wee! Wee! Yay. And it only uh, got worse. So that's why I stopped looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. So like, I, I guess I'm not really sure what my question is, but like, what the hell, how do we parse through that? Like what, what the hell is, is a great what, question? What, like people are paying for all this stuff and I'm just like, I'm going, there's only so many people that are going to buy this year and sell this year. And yeah. you talk to, to team, they're like, oh, I get like one to two, maybe 5% conversion on it. I'm like, well, what if we, is there a better way? Or like, what am I missing? I, I don't even know if there's a question there. I'm just trying to understand what all this means today. I well, think yeah. that. What it yeah, means is that, I mean, realtors are like notorious for buying leads thinking that they swiped their credit card and that has solved their problem. Now, all of mm -hmm. a sudden, they're going to have business dropping in their lap every day. <laughs> and you take, you take a company that did a phenomenal job, Zillow, at building a lead generation engine. And I think a lot of people can be upset mm -hmm. with the company for sure. the direction that they've decided to go. But I like to learn from companies that have done extraordinary things. And so that was my whole thing over the last decade is teach, like we could teach agents how to do this. We can teach mm -hmm. you how to generate the leads and do the remarketing and do the follow-up and build your own lead generation engine in your organization so that you're not reliant on these third-party companies that really don't have your best interest in mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I'm passionate about is like, I, I could care less helping you generate a lead. I, my son is six, he'll be seven. I can give him my card and he could call <laughs> cheapassleads.com, which is a legitimate <laughs> company in the real estate space. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna go and check it out. Yes. He could get leads. <laughs> and I, I have no affiliation to that company, just FYI, since they are- Obviously. You know, <laughs> He, like getting leads is one of the easiest things that you can do because <clears throat> everybody wants to look at properties. 75% of people that are on Zillow just want to look at houses. They're not even legitimate clients, customers. Right. So you've got an industry that's obsessive, just pulling out their credit card, thinking that's going to solve their problem. 
And then they're not doing steps two, three, and four. Like they're not remarketing to create a connection. They're not following up to actually transact with these people. They're just buying as many leads as they can, trying to get through to the like one lead that's going to transact. And then what ends up happening is you have all these companies now, like the, the industry has funded Facebook and Instagram and Zillow and Realtor.com mm-hmm. truly and this and that. And like the industry paid for this because they didn't want to like actually build the systems and processes. I'm not saying that about everybody because you've got 4% sure. of the industry, I think yeah. are phenomenal human beings, Yeah, but you have 90% of an industry that I'm going to be really honest. Like, I think it's a joke that they're a part of it. The, the, the thing that like, try not to get too I'm listening. No, get riled up. It's no, good. do it. That's what this yeah. is about. It's what the we call barrier, insiders. The barrier to entry in real estate must be assessed. Like, I think Uh, it's a must because it is a laughable joke that somebody could spend a weekend and get a license to help somebody navigate the largest investment decision they will ever make in their entire life. But somebody has to go to school for a year and a half to shave my head. (laughs) Like, are you kidding me? That's real. If you want to become a a hairstylist, you got to go to school for at least a year and a half, which means somebody can't get paid to touch my head and I'm bald. For at least a year and a half, and I paid him $20. You're telling me that we could give people a license to make $20,000 on a singular transaction, helping somebody navigate the largest investment decision they will ever make? Yeah, I get it. Yes. That's why we generate 200 million leads a year, and we have (laughs) 4 million that'll transact this year. It's because so many people that are obsessed with swiping a card, solving a problem, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to... like. The real legitimate business people, I think, are doing this the right way. They're building, the, they're generating leads, but they're building the right systems and the right processes mm-hmm. behind that so that they mm-hmm. develop their own lead generation machines in their business. Uh, they're treating it's- their business like a business and they're building the right processes and procedures, putting the right people in place so that they can have success. And they're crushing it. Like they're taking up market share. They're pulling, like there's 100,000 le- realtors that have left in the last or this year, they're scooping up market share. You've got some people's businesses down 30% while some is up 30%. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, there's a lot of natural selection taking place in the industry, which I'm, I'm grateful for. But I think the reason we have such a big problem is because agents, uh, a good majority of they them- They want the easy be, button, but there they, is no easy button. Lazy. They can yeah. be very lazy people yeah. and they just swipe a card and think it's gonna solve a problem. And then they go next. All right, I'm gonna go buy leads from that guy who's generating the exact same lead and <laughs> and selling it to me. Uh, so I don't, Keith, know. I don't know if that even answered your question. You kind of did, you have, but I'm gonna dig it, deeper. But Keith, go real quick. I know yeah, you got a well, question to ask. So, so I'm gonna, <clears throat> uh, just for the sake of interesting podcast discussions, I'm gonna push back <laughs> a little bit. Okay, so yes. first of all, I agree with some of the premise, but I think most people who work in an environment where like they have bills that are now bills and it's very hard for any human not just real estate professional i think calling 90 percent of the industry lazy and i'm not saying you said that but yeah, that's 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 that that's a trope that gets trotted out there a lot that i just mm-hmm. think isn't realistic right yeah there is some percentage of the industry that's lazy but all salespeople, all people who are based off commission only have a hyper focus on now business and real estate historically all of our and i'm talking about prior to say the last 15 years right 
everything was deep, deep, deep down the sales funnel. You think about open house, right? If someone's sacrificing their Sunday, they're way down the sales funnel. You think about referral. If someone's asking their friend or neighbor, who do you know that could help me? They're way down the sales funnel. Then all of a sudden overnight, the industry rocket shipped to the top of the sales funnel. And then we wonder why there's this disconnect between the agent population and how they handle these things. So I think there's some human nature there. And then there's some institutional memory in the real estate industry there. And it's not just agents are lazy. Yeah, I I don't agree with the sentiment that all of those agents are lazy. I didn't say that either. Yeah, I know you didn't. I I know you did not. I I agree with what you're saying. I think it's the statistic is 86%. 86% of the industry still does business by referral. Yeah. But what's interesting is I analyze some of the top teams that I work with Mm -hmm. is even though 86% of the business, most of these teams business, 50-ish percent of their production comes from their sphere of influence. But look at where they're spending Mm -hmm. their money. Most Mm. of their money is spent on top of funnel. Not so true. I've heard this. It's so true. Like you're getting majority from referral, but they're spending it elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And when I analyze these companies, I'm like, what is your, like, what's the math equation? How much of your, um, how much of your revenue are you flowing back into the original source of where you get the customer? Because 50% of your production comes from your sphere of influence, but Mm -hmm. you actually don't do anything to support that business's right. growth. You're not hosting client appreciation events. Mm-hmm. You're not giving out pies. You're not giving out Christmas gifts. Like, do you see what I'm saying? I think that yeah. I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Is that, that, is that sentiment? Business- is that sentiment because they feel like that's business, quote unquote, I've already got, right? Like, I've got my sphere of influence. I'm not saying that's accurate, right? But there's this perception of if I throw out a client appreciation party for 15 grand, that's a sunk cost for business that I probably have already anyway. That's wrong, by the way. <laughs> that's yeah, an appropriate I, way I, to think about it. But I do hear that. Like, I was just consulting a company the other day, this exact same scenario. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, let's look at your business. And they didn't, and most companies don't actually track where most of their business comes from, which is also a, a pretty big issue. Different problem. <laughs> <laughs> we saw pretty quickly, I think it was like 46% for them, 46, 47% of their business came from sphere of influence and referral. And mm. they analyzed their business and their production had started to come down. And like, we don't understand why we're spending all this money, but when we look, mm. they're converting. It's like 0.02% of the leads that they're generating through right. digital ads. <laughs> I'm like, do you see where most of your business comes from though? And they're like, I'm like, what are you doing to get this? Right. Like, how are you nurturing this part of yeah, the business? Yeah, yeah. And then they immediately, they snapped into action. They started throwing client appreciation events. And all of a sudden in the last four to six weeks, their started business is started to climb again. It's like, yeah. if you, I tell people all the time, data is the language of business. And if you can speak mm. the language of business, you can be uber successful. But most people aren't paying attention to their numbers. Right. Because if they did, they would not be pe- spending so much money on mm. Facebook, Google, YouTube, uh, any of these an- these advertising sources or Zillow or Realtor.com because they would be able to see where they should be spending their time, attention, energy. Well, I think that's, that- that's, I'm sorry. I just have to throw this in there. I mean, you've already established <laughs> that there's, you know, you're paying for a lead nine times. Your basis leads being distributed nine times. So mm-hmm. you're spending all this money on this top of funnel when a majority of your business is coming from existing clientele. Mm-hmm. I, I love the fact, I just want to make a point. You talked about handing out pies for a second here, just because it's, no, 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 but no, just like- Because you really like pie or? No, I mean, well, <laughs> yeah, but like yeah. also you, you're a, 
you're talking about how your business is in digital marketing, yet you're talking about traditional things that have always worked that we should be doing that we're not doing that still work today. Yeah, right. it's about getting belly to belly with your customer is kind of what you're you're getting at. So mm-hmm. my seg, I want to ask this question. I think it's a really good segue to it. You're talking about how do we maintain those relationships? So you should spend money top of funnel. What percentage Absolutely. is essentially what you're you're making the comment on, but long tail of re- continuing to figure out how to, to nurture the people who already know you and will refer business is where we're doing a shitty job as an industry. And that's mm-hmm. is that that's kind of the holy grail. I mean, that's fundamentally, I'm assuming what Zillow is trying to figure out is how do we give you a lead, charge you 40%, uh, and then <laughs> get eight to 10 years later when they're going to sell that house keep that as a lead that we can revert back if this is their business model in 10 years and charge 40% again. And if the realtor was to remove that equation, if I'm off here, Grant, but like if the realtor were to take the lead, nurture the lead and maintain that relationship eight to 10 years where they come back to the agent, well, then they're not paying that 40% again in theory. Right. I mean, it's exactly right. You, I think you're hitting the nail on the head here in that most agents can be, or not at most, a lot of agents can be transactional meaning mm. I just want to do a mm. most are. right now. Yeah. And then what they forget is maybe something they were never taught, which is LTV, lifetime value. What is the mm. lifetime value of a customer? Well, we know, statistically speaking, that if I maybe sell a house to somebody, that person on average knows, I think it's at least six people a year, they're going to buy a sell a property, six referrals. Most agents can turn one deal into three deals because on average, everybody who asks for a referral over the span of a year will give you two referrals a year. We're not paying attention to some of these statistics because if we did, we would place uh, an extremely high premium on mm. top of funnel. But in a, to, to, to talk about like the entire life cycle of a customer, we would not stop managing the relationship once we closed the deal and we went on to the next. We would, n- we would never cease. We would take care of that customer for as long as we possibly could because we know on average they could generate as much as two referrals a year for us. Right. And so then you start factoring LTV, it's like, well, how much are you willing to spend to acquire a customer? Zillow's yeah. basically saying, you're going to give us 40%. Maybe you're going to give us 50 because that's what we mm-hmm. want. And don't worry about it because there, you acquired one customer. Now you take that customer and you turn it into multiple deals. That's where you're going to make your money. Not, this is not a philosophy that's like a super native thought. I'm, I'm What I've said for a while now is you have a lot of real estate agents and teams that are trying to build performance-based businesses using digital and et cetera, et cetera with traditional teams or traditional mindsets, which is Mm. referrals, workers of influence, uh, those types of things. If you can Mm. understand like the entire life cycle of a customer from the time you acquire their contact information Mm. through the transaction to the referrals and managing the relationship, you then I think would get a much better understanding of what your lifetime value is. And you would identify what you were, you, you could then identify what you'd be willing to pay to get those customers into your business. Cause if mm. you know that a, 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 a seller that maybe you sold their house is going to refer you to more deals and that's going to be worth an average of $20,000 total, how much would you pay to get the first 10? Right. Like, well, if I know if I'm going to get one client, that's going to pay me 20 grand over the course of the next 12 months, I'll spend 10 grand to get that customer. 
And this and is a game that Zero is playing that a lot of agents just don't fully understand. But this right. is performance-based marketing. This is direct response marketing. And I think if agents can really dig in here and develop a new skill set around this, they can accelerate their growth in a way that they never even like it. Zillow is proof of this. I keep we yeah. keep referencing this, but Zillow built a what are they valued at today? Like a ten billion dollar company by market cap in fifteen yeah. years. Yeah. yeah, it's insane. And Zillow uh, Zillow was profitable in two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. Yeah, and if you two, look at two, their two total two, quarters, not not for the year, just two quarters <laughs> in each of those years. Not that we're analyze, picking on anybody. <laughs> when you analyze their finances today, the most profitable thing that they do is sell leads. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have a question because I want to I want to put a pin in this because you mentioned it. You said 50%. Is that where you think this ends up? Not sub to Zillow, just in general. Do you think that's where this ends up on this referral-based lead program? We've got, we started at 25, 30, now it's 40. Do you think it goes to 50 with I, some of these companies? I think that you will continue to see Zillow try to take more and more, as much as they can. They're a public company. And, and it's not just it. them, because I think Ojo's at 40% on some deals and, and others as well. So Yeah, I don't think um, I don't think they're going to stop, because you've got public <clears throat> pressure to yeah. continue to, uh, to generate revenue. I don't think they're going to stop if if the agents keep doing it. Yeah, they'll stop when they won't stop sell when, anymore. They'll stop when the agent yeah. stops, right? Like, correct, I don't, correct. I think they're going to go as far as they possibly can. Is there, enough, is there enough space in this is there enough room in this this industry for all of these different companies, or do you think you're going to start to see some consolidation amongst all these lead generators? Generators. I don't know. I think that this lawsuit's really important. Mm. Why do you say that? I th I've said for years. I think that the role that the buyer's agent plays in the real estate transaction could change, um, mm -hmm. and it likely will change. And then this lawsuit happened, and it didn't go well. And now you're seeing these lawsuits pop up all over the country. Mm -hmm. um, when these attorneys get involved. I literally saw an ad like in the last 24 hours. If you have oh, sold boy. a house in the last five years, you may yeah. be entitled to compensation. Like, oh Lord, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. It's not going to be good, bro. Like, yeah. I, yeah. so let's yeah. saying that, like, I think that it depends on what comes from this. I mm -hmm. have said, I feel like we're going to adopt models similar, uh, similar, partly and similar to like the EU, where in like, uh, when you look at it overseas, as an example, in some markets in Europe, like the person, they don't have a multi-listing service. And if you right. want to sell a property, you go to the person that has the most listings. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to, that old real estate adage, you got a list to exist. It's always been relevant, but I think today sure. it's like, I think it's everything. I think the role the buyer's agent plays will change. I'm not sure if it's been approved yet, but I'd heard that it, even the in New York, they were already spinning up policy where the seller's agent or the seller was no longer responsible for paying the buyer's agent commission. You know, those things start to happen. That shakes, that's going to shake things up. We quite could a do bit. a big podcast on that. Cause we've only done a yeah. few of those on that. Subject. Probably, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't, your comments are valid. And we, I, that honestly, it's, that deserves a different podcast. I want to ask you an important question though. You see all of these top teams and this is where we can kind of lead into some tangible stuff. You, you work and consult with these these mega producing teams. What is some of the secret sauce on that you've figured out with them? Like, give us some like, this is the stuff you need to be doing to be successful if you are doing lead gen and don't obviously besides follow up, but like, what are some of these, what are some really interesting things you've learned over your career that people could go, man, I could do that today and start to feel like I'm getting some change. Mm -hmm. I think that 
the number one thing that we could do as an industry right now is this is really hard. You know, you get on, you talk about products and then I sell against my own product sometimes. Um, or sometimes selling is like, right, right it just now, means you're being, that just means you're being honest, right? That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. looks at what every team leader is doing and says, oh, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. They're having success with it. And you see a lot of agents and team leaders that maybe are like, they're, they're aspiring to get to a place. I see where that person is now. They're not looking at what they did three years ago to be in a position that they are in today. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, I got to go try that thing. And then I'm not realizing it's going to take you two to three years to see the fruit, just like it took them two to, two to three years. Right, to see the fruit. right, right. And so if you can remember, like, this is just basic fundamentals, blocking and tackling. This is really simple. If you generate a lead, if you create a relationship with that lead, and then you convert that lead, you are guaranteed to do business. Right. Don't forget how simple this actually <laughs> is because the reality is we never had to generate the leads. You could pick up the phone and call out of the phone book today mm-hmm. and you will make money. I guarantee mm-hmm. it. You can go knock doors today and you will get customers. I think there's like, if I go to my, back to my phone before I started, there's like 300 contacts in my phone. I could call through that today and I would be able Generate to get revenue. Customers. Yeah, yeah. I'd be able to get money, but we do so much to like avoid the basics. Mm-hmm. I want to do the big shiny thing. I want to do that. Not I want that button. automation. <clears throat> and you've got to a place where people have automated themselves completely out of relationship hmm. with the market. That's therefore, the business. <laughs> By the way, and you, sorry. you, you've got to revert back to remembering that this is a relationship-based business. You just you reminded need- me of the news thing that I saw today. By the way, Grant, I'm sorry, I just have to interject. Where the the over Thanksgiving, Google ran all these people from Las Vegas onto a dirt mountain road somewhere. <laughs> There's this like. <laughs> It's probably not funny, but I found it funny. Like they were following the instructions and the instructions took them off into a desert road. Google Maps did. And there was like a thousand cars stuck on this dirt one way road trying to get back to Los Angeles. So you're automating yourself into the hinterland. Yeah. (laughs) Like something totally not relevant. Um, So I want to unpack that follow up concept a little bit because i have a theory i'd love your thoughts on this theory and then i'd mm-hmm. love for you to dig in on what because everyone says follow up but what the hell does that mean right so i think that usually when i talk to agents uh, or or business owners about follow-up <clears throat> we have a very different idea of what follow-up means and looks like and i think it's because real estate anchors into that that sort of met group right that sphere of influence group and maybe there's a uh, more uh legacy memory there. Right. And so you can get away with, you shouldn't, but you can get away with less frequent touches because you've already had an emotional experience. And so when you start talking about online lead follow-up where it's cold, (laughs) my belief is it needs to be at a frequency, which most people would consider too aggressive or like their agents, salespeople in general, but especially real estate agents who have a high emotional IQ, they get, um, they feel bad when they send a text and no one responds. They feel bad when they send an email and they don't hear back. And all the online lead is communicating is I'm not ready yet, but they take that as this lead sucks or they don't love me or whatever. So what does follow up really mean for an online lead? What, what, what cadence, what, what software, like what 
mechanisms? What is mm-hmm. follow up for an online lead? What does that mean? There's two things. <clears throat> Remember this if you're listening to this podcast for like the rest of your life. When you connect more, you convert more. That's uh-huh. a really easy, punchy little thing, little line. What a lot of people are doing is they're picking up the phone and they're making a call and they're trying to sell a prospect. But we have gotten so much smarter as a society. So if we're if if you're a lead in anybody's database, you're getting hounded. A yeah. lot of real estate agents 10 years ago when we started this, when I started doing this, they could follow up with a lead eight to 12 times and get a deal. Right. Now I'm seeing, I'm hearing companies are robo dialing leads as much as 80 times just to get them to answer the answer phone. Answer the phone. <laughs> yeah. No one answers so, their phone anymore. So what the hell do you do? Like if, how am I supposed to convert a lead if they will not answer my phone call, they won't respond to my text and they, they're not even opening my emails. And this is what we stumbled across. It was what I stumbled across maybe five, six, seven years ago when the leads all of a sudden stopped answering the phone. It's like, well, I got to figure this out or I'm going to be in trouble. (laughs) So we started doing something called dynamic video remarketing. Hmm. There's a lot of psychology behind the power of video because neurologically your brain can't decipher the difference. We're all having a virtual interaction right now, but your brain doesn't process it that way. Mm -hmm. If you are face to face with somebody, if they're watching your video, the brain perceives that the same way as if you're literally standing physically in front of the person. And what's really interesting is we, I would always hear my client say, if I can just get in front of these people, I'm going to close them. If I can just get in front of them, I'm going to close them. If I can just get in front of them, I'm going to close them. And I'm like, we've been doing remarketing and crushing it. I wonder if my clients would have the same type of success. So we started advising our clients to create educational content that position themselves, them as the expert in the market, be the news, be the authority, take the frequently asked questions, interest rates, low inventory, take this stuff and create content that educates and informs the audience. So whenever leads come into the business instantaneously now, because of video remarketing, when that lead goes back to Facebook or they go back to Instagram or they go back to YouTube or back to LinkedIn or back to wherever they, they go back to, uh, spend their time primarily for consumers in the buy sell market, it's Facebook and Instagram they're seeing you every single time they go back to the internet. Mm -hmm. And what that's doing is it's putting Mm -hmm. our clients right in front of the prospects and they're building what psychologists call a parasocial relationship with the agents. Parasocial relationship is where one person builds a relationship with a character, but the character has no idea the other person exists. It's really most common in celebrities. I've been in some of those relationships. Yeah. Oh, that's not what you meant. Sorry. (laughs) And Taylor Swift. in early 2020, <laughs> they recategorized influencers as the newest form of celebrity because of the type of relationships that consumers were right. building with influencers. Right. Hmm. So now what's happening is leads are coming into our client's database or the, the people I'm working with, and I'm having them do video remarketing campaigns. And what's happening is they're converting on average 150% more of the leads they generate than people that don't use remarketing. And the reason is people aren't answering the phone responding to text, opening emails, it's impossible to transact because you, mm. you can't build a relationship with somebody you can't talk to. But Does what the mean- consumer is doing is building a relationship with the agent before they mm-hmm. ever interact with them over the phone yeah. Makes by sense. text or an email. Yeah. So does does call, text, and email have no place in business anymore? It should just all no, be retargeted? I mean, it does. I think that there's new regulation <laughs> that's going to make that interesting, which is it's not gone into effect yet. But, you know, Nobody ever took care of the robo dialing problem, and right. now nobody answers their phone. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, <laughs> right. 
Right. What we don't want to happen is that nobody takes care of the text problem and then people stop texting because it's one right. of the largest forms of communication. So there's re- mm-hmm. good regulation that's coming out that I think it's going to make some changes. But what we as consumers don't want, it's funny, when you get 10 real estate agents in a room and you ask them if they like being sold to, none of them raise their hand. Right. right. And then when you say, well, that's interesting. Why don't you like this? They're like, well, I feel like people don't care about what I want. I feel like people <laughs> are just trying to push their own agenda. I feel like people uh, aren't listening to me. And it's like, this is hilarious. Like you all are salespeople. You hate being sold to, but the you, you just described what you do to the consumer. <laughs> right. Right. And it's like, eh, we got to flip that if you really want mm. people to have success. And so what I'm seeing some of the top teams do now is really implement video remarketing at a high level. And we see the effects almost instantaneously. Mm. Email open rates go up, call response rate, call connect rates go up, text response rates go up, which means appointment Takes, rates go up, which means business goes up. Migrates from cold to warmer. It may not be warm, but takes it, it, even the coldest prospects and turns them coldest sure. lead turns mm-hmm. them into the hottest prospects because they're building a relationship. Nobody wants to be sold to. So if we can equip, if we can give the consumer the information we know that they want, because when you look at a sales funnel, top of funnel is awareness. I'm aware of a problem or a service that I want, I'm aware of a product, I want to buy a house. The, the next step in a sales funnel is discovery. So I'm mm. looking at properties and I'm interviewing agents to know who I want to work with. I, agents can't do anything. If the average lead is shared with nine other realtors, that means they're instantly in comp- competition with about a dozen people the moment yeah. they get a lead. Right. How are you going to stand out? We know it's a relationship-based business. So that means you've got to inject your personality into the business, create the video content. That's what's developing the relationship. So when the consumer gets on the phone, they're like, yes, I've been seeing all of your videos. I've been watching your your client testimonials. I I really like what you're putting out there. The interactions are so much warmer. Mm -hmm. Business happens over the phone. Uh, There's no refuting this. Like it happens on a device. So when you talk about follow-up, you want to call people, build a relationship with them, and then move people down the funnel so you go to an appointment and then you ultimately get the business. These are some of the hacks that I've discovered over time that people are implementing now because if if we can't get people on the phone, like we've got to build a relationship with them some way, which means that the brand the agents have are, are building i.e. the relationship they have with the market is crucial. So those yeah. are some some top secrets. It, it reminds me of a book. I'm curious if you've read it. They Ask You Answer. I forget the author. I haven't, um, I haven't read it. You haven't read it. It's basically echoing what you've said, which mm-hmm. is what are the most common questions you get asked? Do a video on that question and yeah. just answer that. You you know the questions you're getting asked them every damn day. Well, just answer them for exactly everybody, right? Because you get agents yeah. on you get agents into coaching, and it's like, well, I don't know what to create a video about. It's like just and take all like, the questions they asked you today. Yeah, it's that simple. What's the yeah. number one question yeah. you've been asked this week? Yeah, yeah, that's a video. So we usually do a final question, which is, yeah. you know, if you are an agent or brokers, what's the one thing you would implement today? And I'm going to pin that as in like it's basically take the questions, create video content start retargeting people with this content. I My takeaway from that was if they're robocalling people 80 times, but if you have video marketing that's out there showing up in front of that customer 80 times and you're not even really, you don't even know what's happening and they're, mm-hmm. the police like to call it stalking you online for a year. Like it's, it's a we very get, quick. 
We have a really good case study on this. We had a client in Orlando. We helped them go from $3 million a year in production to $33 million a year in production in a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And we generated, I think it was around 3,500 leads or they did. And the video content had been viewed 250,000 times video mm -hmm. through place, which is a 15 second view. Mm -hmm. That means that 3,500 people watch their videos 250,000 times. That's a frequency score means one lead saw their video content 60 times. So same right. goal was accomplished, but it was much more organic mm. and therefore they were much more successful. Grant, I loved having you on the show, man. Yeah, it's awesome. been uh, a super, super awesome educational thing for me hearing all the success stories and, and also even your own, man, just from you know being vulnerable and sharing that and seeing where you are. We have to have you back. So you're going to get asked yeah. uh, for sure. Yeah, um, I think Keith and I would love to have a spirited debate on buyer agency and representation. At least I know I would. Um, over bourbon. I, over I bourbon, only, though. I don't know yeah. if you would be debating anything because I probably agree with most of your thesis. Oh, probably. I'm advocate of the agent, but the realities are right at our doorstep. For sure. So, and the truth is nobody, knows, nobody has any of the answers. Nobody knows what's going to turn out to be. We're going to see it all unfold effort. as There's we go. There's a lot so. of stuff tested. Like, for sure. Well, for sure. I'm not trying to like parlay us right into that interview now. So I'll, I'll just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Grant, awesome again, to spend some time. Genuinely. Thanks okay. for being here Thank and uh, we'll have you back soon. So yeah. Great shares. Awesome. It's our job to say out loud what everybody's only thinking to themselves. It's your job to subscribe to this podcast. So you never miss an episode.